Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Sarah Michelle Gallagher, Buffy, the Vampire, Spider-Man, Vampire. Now the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their own ability. Cue the outrage. We are the pop culture professors. Pencils down now. Smart people, dumb topics forever. Welcome to We Stand Together, an academic pop culture symposium. Mm-hmm. Smart people, dumb topics. We are the pop culture professors. We sure are. We are just <laughs> two women with... We're just two women. We're just two women. That's where it stops. No, that's, but we're just, that's a just a couple of ladies who've walked around enough college campuses, earned enough degrees, and spent enough time trolling the internet to end up here. To be pop culture professors, I mm -hmm. am Caitlin Bitsagai. I, yet again, am still Lauren Rickman. We love that. (laughs) We love that for you. We do. Uh, But, you know, we're talking about standing. Lauren Rickman, tell us what standing is. Well, Caitlin Bitsagai, standing is to be a obsessive fan of something or someone, whether it's a relationship on a popular Mm -hmm. TV show or, you know, (laughs) a real celebrity or, you know, a cleaning product that's really getting you excited. Could be. Scrub daddy. It could be. I wait. How did you know? I love a scrub daddy. I really do. I love a scrub daddy. I love the family of the scrub. (laughs) I've never felt the need to like have a family but when i see a scrub daddy i do wonder where's the scrub mommy where's the scrub babies where's my scrub fam you know that guy who pitched it on shark tank has like Mm -hmm. a gold scrub daddy necklace and i i think we should get those i would love it i would love it all right that's what i'll spend the rest of the day doing after we record is looking for those necklaces but caitlin yeah Besides scrub daddies, what mm-hmm. are you standing right now? What What's getting you excited? Okay, this is huge news for the mm-hmm. listeners. I have a new favorite celebrity kid. Oh, <laughs> and fun. not Max Anthony's never out. Always love Max. Always Anthony, at the top of the J-Lo's list. JLo's yeah. son, who mm-hmm. is so wise, he tolerated a Rod. I'm curious wow. what he thinks of Benifer, but I have a new one. What is it? She's new to the pantheon. It's okay. Atiana de la Hoya. Now, Atiana okay. de la Hoya is the biological daughter of oscar de la hoya and shannon uh-huh. mochler her okay. stepdad for a long time was travis barker and they oh. are still very much 
in each other's family. Wow. And in fact, on an episode of The Kardashians, not Keeping Up with the Kardashians, of course, the new totally different show, The Kardashians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Completely different. Courtney and Travis are touring a house and they label something as Atiana's room. <gasps> Oh, I didn't even clock that. So I am just so proud of this young woman, the way that she is a celebrity daughter to so Mm -hmm. many people. And it is by being a good daughter, she has earned a spot in the Kardashian family. And good news, I looked at her Instagram. She still has a great Mm -hmm. relationship with her dad, Oscar De La Hoya. She's not leaving anyone out. She's not leaving anybody behind. Okay? She's saying yes to everything. (laughs) She's like Miss Congeniality. And all of a sudden, you're Kim Kardashian's niece. Like it can it can work out that way for you, celebrity kids. Like you don't have to be. Do you think there's still time for me to be Kim Kardashian's (laughs) niece? Is there a way in? Like, do we think there's a path forward for this? Is it possible? I'm not going to say no. I I mean, who'd have thought Shannon Moakler and Oscar De La Hoya have a baby? And you're like, yeah, this baby's not related to Kardashians. First and foremost, I would have to say the thing that I like about the Kardashians is that and they've made this very clear on the new show. Um, They're all in great shape and they all clearly work out all the time, but they eat. They're eaters. And I think great meals i think top of the list is going to be really really good meals <laughs> yeah totally mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i just mm-hmm. I, they're not pretending like they don't eat like you see them eat and i'm here for that right they might not eat off camera but at least on camera they're eating i would love and- to give them a run for their money on camera it's like oh you like to eat on yeah. let's do this <laughs> Wow. I love it. I love it. Eating yeah. challenges on the <laughs> Yes. Being able to change the tone of their show mm-hmm. with your hijinks is another perk. But wow. Lauren, what are you standing this week? Okay. So actually, um, in the realm of reality or unscripted TV, if we want to say that's what the Kardashians is, <laughs> okay. what I'm standing right now is here come the big girls. Lizzo's show on okay. Amazon. Yes. I devoured it. I I lived a full experience watching that show. I laughed. I cried. I got angry. I was inspired. I just loved it so much. I love every single woman and female identifying person that participated in that series. I just love it was so well produced. The talent is immense, like immense. And you know, I was talking to the uh, uh, to another larger bodied uh, person about this, and one of the things that I love so much is that Lizzo and the team that helped her put the show together. What they did so beautifully was they like supported and showcased and elevated and celebrated these folks, but they also like were so honest about the realities of what it means mm-hmm. to be in this industry to be on tour and to like they weren't cutting corners like those folks were like doing the work and when they couldn't do it when they didn't have the stamina like nobody was getting a free pass people were getting like empathy and understanding and support but like nobody got through that show to her tour without fully earning it and like it was just amazing to watch all of these dancers take up space and be told they could take up space but also be honest when there were limitations or when there was work to do like it was just such an honest full experience and i just like 
I'm so glad it's out there. I hope so many people watch it and share it. I hope people are talking about it. I just think like, what a cool thing to get to watch. Like, as a yeah. kid growing up, like, I think I would like, you know, not to get too serious. I mean, I know this is more comedy podcast, but like, I think about like, oh my God, what would like 15 year old Lauren have done if she had seen like these conversations and these dancers and these bodies doing what they were doing? Cause like, I think about like, so many people are like, well, why didn't you go to musical theater school? And I was like, cause I was scared of being in those dance oh, spaces. Wow. I didn't feel safe. Wow. Like, I, ma- I made up other stories, but like, at, at that age and granted i'm on the path i'm on and i'm glad for it but like there was a real fear of those spaces and like that and like i remember being in an audition for college and both the musical theater and acting programs were seeing watching all of everybody's auditions and the musical theater people were looking at my resume they're like we're looking at your roles and like we're surprised you're not singing for us today do you want to just sing and i go i literally said no because i will not be dancing for you later and i and i just was like no i won't do it because I was just the thing, because I was just so tired of not feeling comfortable in those spaces. And I just was like, I don't want to, being an actor, being a performer, there's so much of it that's already unwelcoming and uninviting sure. and hard. I was like, I, I'm going to take this one thing off the table. But I love dancing. And it was just so fun. Anyways, long story short, I watched wow. every single episode. I could not control myself. And <laughs> I laughed, cried, sobbed, and like had a little dance party in my house while oh, I was great. watching it. So, so I just love it. Anyways. That's amazing. I concur Lizzo, 100%. Um, yeah. I oh, cried. So I laughed. I danced. I saw Jasmine on the streets of New York. <gasps> Ooh. And I like had to pause. I was like, oh my God, was that her? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I love what you said. Like, it was so honest. Like, as a performer, seeing this like super safe space to get like the feedback that you're usually afraid to get. Yeah. It's just like, oh my gosh, I'm sticking out now. But you could just feel mm. the support through the screen. Oh my gosh. Me and my husband cried the whole time <laughs> it's oh, so great. cool it's so cool anyways everybody if you haven't watched it yet go watch here come the big girls lizzo and you know lizzo i am not a dancer but if you just need <laughs> another big girl for your entourage call me up i'm here uh, you'd be a great entourage member thank you i really do think like i can hype the hype team when they need someone to hype them is what i think i'd be yeah. great at well you know? lauren that is amazing i think you're on the right path though because guess what else we got what a five-star review. Stop. We got another five-star review. That's amazing. Yes. This one's from Havana Haymaker. Great <gasps> name. We love that. We do love it. Caitlin and Lauren are deeply versed in their own standum and are always ready to learn about other stand enclaves. That's true. That's oh. underappreciated. Mm-hmm. We Thank Stand you. Together is fun and showcases quick wit from the pop culture professors. Mm. Thank you so much. No lies detected. You know what else I want to celebrate? Today's guest. Today. Yeah. The angelic voice that we've been hearing. This. Please welcome. Aaron Porsche. Hey, everybody. Wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I love that you brought your own air horn. That's a classy move. <laughs> I like to bring my air horn wherever I go. Is what my mom called me as a child. Air horn, because I was very... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I... I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. And I'm also obsessed with you. I, I've seen you perform on our friend JW shows before, but we've never actually had a conversation. But we have sat in the audience and seen your oh, work. Cool. And yeah, so I kind of feel like I'm we're already stands of yours. And you know. stands of yours. Oh, wow. This works. This works. So audience, you're, you're on our first date with Aaron. I think it's going to I feel like it's already going really well. 
Yeah. And it's only going to get better because mm-hmm. WB Madness is continuing here on We yes, Stand Together. Is. And we have such an important entry today. We're going to be discussing Sabrina, the teenage witch. Yeah. And I, I have to say, the fact that we are covering this show is not surprising to me. The fact that we're doing it during WB Madness is wild because, and, and Stan stands, this speaks to your power. Absolutely. Because We've asked, we've been asking you all to tell us what shows you want included and what you're interested in. And so many people DM'd us being like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And it's wild to me because this is one of those shows that transitioned from another network. But it did the rare thing of it didn't start on the WB, but it ended on the WB, which is mind-blowing to me. So from TGI Friday to WB, today (laughs) we are talking Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And I'm just so curious. um, We always like to talk about our credentials, Erin. We always like to put our listeners at ease and sort of share our connection to the property or to the theme. And, you know, I have to say, this is a this is a show that I was watching day one. Like I was watching that original TV movie. I was consuming the comic like. Oh, yeah. The TV movie. Mm -hmm. I am a perfect age to have been with Sabrina on the journey. Of course. But more importantly, as an adult woman in her 30s, I have purchased (laughs) cameos from Sabrina herself, Melissa Joan Hart. A real one. (laughs) Yeah, I have purchased them and sent them to Caitlin. And I have to say, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but Melissa gave one of the best customer service experiences <laughs> ever because <laughs> well, she was confused what I was asking for. And so she wrote to me to clarify before recording. And she's Ugh. just, you know, that's the kind of woman she is. And so I'm thrilled to be celebrating her work at this cultural moment. <laughs> I'm very touched. I'm very touched. Yeah. We're talking about Madame Melissa. <laughs> oh, the wonderful. The wonderful. I mean, I think my credential is that I received the Melissa Joan mm-hmm. Hart cameo, which yeah. is amazing. I I think two was their day one, pretty mm-hmm. sure. And also like the fact that we're witches, Lauren, yeah, we is are, another we are credential. Because we did get Megan McCain famously booted from the view, we believe. We got <laughs> we, we willed got, it. We, we willed got it. Brittany out of her conservatory. I- definitely mm-hmm. was joining in on that chanting <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Th- that's true we haven't even met every witch that helped us along the journey yeah. of getting rid of megan mccain but uh we thank them all and we hope to meet them all one day <laughs> yeah and just further evidence that we uh, that i'm a witch too i want you to know yesterday i i lived a big day yesterday i had many different um parts of my day and in every space i occupied so at least one if not multiple people looked at me and said, you're serving real witch coven vibes. And I have to say this. <laughs> Just that sentence, that mm-hmm. sentence opening. When up. I got to the casino yesterday, we looked at each other and we said, oh, we look like we're kind of a coven. And someone said, a coven cosplaying is the cast of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I'm just saying our power is real. Wow. Thank you. I can only assume that I have transcended into my truest, most powerful form because that is the kindest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> But Aaron, what are your credentials? What's your what's your Sabrina connection? Oh my goodness. Listen here. I when when my friend <laughs> told me that you all were doing this podcast, I got very mm-hmm. excited. So I am a day one Sabrina Stan. I didn't even mm-hmm. realize how much of a Sabrina Stan I was until I went back to revisit. <laughs> I was a huge Melissa yeah. fan from Clarissa Explains mm-hmm. It All. And I love of course. the parallels between the two shows. Um 
Yeah. I also am such a huge fan of magic and witches. So anything that yep. is sparkly and glittery and can transform things, I am all for it. <laughs> you can ask my husband. I'm always like, oh, you're so bruja. You're so bruja. I'm always saying I'm a witch around the house. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. I love, I love that. Sabrina. So yeah, it's one of like my, my, my comfort shows. I like to put it on in the background. Mm-hmm. Sabrina, she's my girl. Oh, well, love. I feel like with that much love in your heart, I think we have to just dive into our first game. All right, let's do it. Right? Uh, So folks, if you don't remember, before we play this first game, if you're like, I'm listening to the show because I heard Aaron was going to be the guest and I love him, but what is Sabrina the Teenage Witch? What are we talking about? Just as a refresher, Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a sitcom that aired first, as I mentioned, on ABC, then moved to the WB, Uh, but it starred Melissa Joan Hart as a girl who at 16 finds out she's a witch and we see her sort of going through high school and then college and then one year of working. We'll get to that later. (laughs) But she is discovering how to be a witch. It's had so many iterations the story began in the archie comics uh we've got melissa exploring it as both a movie and then a tv show we've had the reboot the chilling adventures of sabrina on netflix so it it's out there in the world in many different forms but we are focusing on the melissa joan hart yes Yes. oh my gosh if anyone tuned in and thought we weren't gonna focus on that one i i really don't know what i don't know (laughs) what to say to you but this is not that but stay tuned (laughs) We might go there someday, but we have to know, start here. But yeah. But today, <laughs> our first game, because I know what a stand you are, Aaron, I want to put your knowledge of the history of the casting of this series to the test. So I, I whipped up a little game called Which Witch Almost Witched? Because as we know, every TV show lives a full life before we get to see it. And your favorite characters sometimes weren't originally supposed to be cast the way they were Mm. cast. And in researching and reminding myself of this show's history, I discovered some things that I didn't know about the original ideas of how this show was going to be cast. And so what I've come up with today is a list of names of famous people. And you're going to have to tell me if, if what I'm sharing with you is true that this person almost witched or if i'm giving you fake news and so you're gonna have to suss it out some of this is true some of this is false you're gonna have to tell me which is which are you ready for the challenge i am very ready all right let's find out which which almost witched so the first one is now famous director paul feig was actually originally slated to be the series director but before the pilot was fired did this witch almost witch Oh, that's a hard one. He was only <laughs> like one season. So I have a hard time believing that the relationship could have been strong enough for him to have been a director to start the series and then be like, go oh, afterwards, but he's a busy man. Let's just say, no, I don't think so. No. You are so wise. Wow. And your knowledge of the show served you so well because that- you remembered that Paul Feig was actually a series regular in season one. Good job. Nice way of showing your that, work, Aaron. Oh, yes. That was beautiful. Yes. That was beautiful. I totally forgot that. I was re-watching for this and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. He has some funny lines too. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I discovered this week was he did an interview not long ago where he talked about how booking that job, it was like one of his first like really consistent paychecks and it gave him confidence. And so he took most of the money he earned in that one season, he took to finance an independent film that ended up going nowhere 
And then after he'd spent all the money, he found out he wasn't being asked back. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere else completely. I thought that was going to be like inspirational. Like, and that's no. the movie that. <laughs> but then it was like a dot, dot, dot. But then shortly thereafter, he got greenlit for Freaks and Geeks. But I did love, I was like, we all have a project that just, we put everything into and goes nowhere. I, it felt the most human and relatable. I loved I'm it. I'm so curious. Sh- Sh- Melissa Joan Hart's never been in any of his films. I know. And he says he looks back on the time fondly, but you have to wonder. You have to wonder. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you, you're starting off strong. One for one. Let's see if you can get the hits going. Now, did this 90s icon almost play the role of Jenny? Gabrielle Union. Was Gabrielle Union almost booked to play Sabrina's best friend? Now, see, Gabrielle was making her rounds on sitcoms at the mm-hmm. time. She was a mean girl on Sister Sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to put her in the universe, but I don't really see it. But I want to believe it. So I'm going to... I. She never made an appearance either, as far as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I want to say yes, only because it's hopeful. Aaron, you're... A man after my own heart. It is a no. It is fake news. However, I refuse to believe it. I refuse to believe it. I could not find any proof. I could not find any proof that she screen tested. But there is no way you're going to tell me that Gabrielle Union did not go in for a chemistry test. Imagine the magic. Can we just, just for a second... Like, look, no Tino shade to uh, Michelle, the woman who, who played Jenny, but she did ultimately get fired after the first season. Yeah, I mean, I was like, it clearly didn't work out. So like some shade. <laughs> yeah. So oh my God, we really missed something because to get to see Gabrielle not being the mean girl would have been so lovely. So lovely. Anyways, Gabrielle union missed opportunity. Would have loved to see it. Okay. This next one ties into last week's episode because Sarah Michelle Geller was actually offered the role of Sabrina, was slated to play Sabrina, but then turned it down when she got the role of Buffy Summers. So Buffy is only Buffy because she walked away from Sabrina. True or false? I don't know if that's real. I'm also a huge Buffy stan. Huge. Don't know if that's true. In my heart of hearts, I feel like it was always Melissa. Like it was a project that came from like her people. Mm-hmm. Like I've read that somewhere. So I'm going to say no. It's true. Allegedly, <gasps> it is true. So this is the wildest thing. So no. I, I, I found this incredible article that said, even though like everyone, it's one of the m- more like shocking things about the show's history, because everyone is aware of the fact that like, Melissa John Hart's mom is in the industry. She produced the show. The only reason this TV show happened is because somebody gave Melissa's mom like a copy of the Archie comics or something. And she was like, oh my God. And they made that TV movie. And then her mom cut the TV movie down to a teaser, a sizzle reel, and pitched it as a sitcom, right? So everyone assumes because Melissa had done the movie. But here's the thing Melissa was very seriously on the fence about continuing to act she was like she had seen so many people burn out and you know it it'd be a struggle and so she was like i don't think she kind of had this idea in her mind she was like i think i want to retire at 20 from acting and then go off and do a life so i don't think her mom was putting any it sounds to me like her mom was sort of like i don't want to put any pressure on you so they were exploring other options and they found sarah michelle geller loved her and 
they had put from my understanding like she was offered the role but then was holding out signing the contract because she was wait because famously she was trying to get them to offer her buffy instead of cordelia but you have to wonder if they had offered her cordelia instead of buffy she probably would have gone to sabrina instead there's so many things to like chew on there i makes me uh i am Oh, I don't know. I'm upset almost hearing about this. <laughs> no, how, what would that look like? What would a Buffy Summers variant Sabrina look like? Can Sarah Michelle Gellar anchor a 30-minute sitcom? I just, I don't know. Well, we don't know because so much of who we know her as was shaped by her time on that set of Buffy. Of course. And you have to wonder what happens if Sarah Michelle Gellar is showing up to set every day with Caroline Ray, right? Like, and you know it's in her because she did that <laughs> sitcom with Robin Williams, right? Oh, yeah. Like, clearly there's something in her that, like, wants to be doing comedy, but she didn't cut her teeth on it in the same way. I am so intrigued by this i need i need a i need a, a mini do-over just one let's true do an episode well let's re-record the pilot with um sarah and just see how it goes I'm very oh my god it's wild to think about the butterfly effect because like what if we lived in a world no where sarah had been sabrina and then Sarah ends up being more of like a like Jennifer Aniston movie type, yeah. right? Where she's like in the wow. rom com world instead of that. I could you know? see definitely not the horror girl that she became. No. She would not become that scream queen because Buffy really no. was like the stepping stone to that. Mm-hmm. She wasn't giving us. I know what you did last summer. She wasn't giving us cruel intentions. She's in a much softer, sweeter, and, and truly, right? yeah. I mean, what you said. I mean, if Sarah Michelle Gellar had Caroline Ray's phone number. Mm-hmm. Just so many things could be easier in life. But, you know. <laughs> if I had Caroline Ray's phone number, so many things. Right? Oh, yeah. If I had it, she'd I, change her number. Because <laughs> I was thinking about this because um, Melissa and Caroline, like, a lot of the Sabrina cast is still friends. And, like, they were just posted a very, like, middle-aged, very sweet, very, Aww. like, y'all are too old to be on TikTok because you couldn't hear the music they're listening to. You can just see them reacting to music. I loved it so much. But it's... um melissa caroline and the guy who played harvey nate richard and they're doing oh, one of those like him. vibe checks to songs or whatever and i was like oh my god imagine if sarah was hanging out with caroline ray instead of shannon doherty you know what's how does that change everything and what about her friendship with seth green well i think it, that which, ex- which was before yeah that, that would have thrived no matter what but maybe seth green ends up on sabrina <laughs> instead of buffy too i don't know there's space oh for him I, there's definitely with space for him on sabrina he makes sense there yeah for sure i mean lauren for you to drop this bomb so early in the pod i i'm so sorry that's why okay okay moving on moving on I, well i'm sure this will have reverberations for the rest of our lives but <laughs> i've i have just two more so this next one is originally in the pilot sabrina was supposed to meet a warlock who was also attending her school, played by Ryan Reynolds. I, oh, okay. Again, I want to say no. I want to say no because I feel like she didn't Mm -hmm. date any magical dudes for a minute. They Mm -hmm. really wanted to Mm -hmm. like play up the witch and mortals. So I want to say no. Maybe he was offered something else though. That's my, that's my guess. Mm. You are trusting your gut and it is serving you well. You're so smart. Ryan Reynolds, again, 
I have no proof or evidence that he ever auditioned for the pilot episode or was ever offered anything, but I was looking for a way to shoehorn in some other information. Uh, we may or may not remember that he was in the original TV movie. Yes, he was! Playing- Mm-hmm. And it's one of his first big roles. And his little Canadian self was in that movie playing a boy she had a crush on. But here is a fun fact. So allegedly, according to Melissa, when the movie wrapped uh, as a thank you, Ryan bought her like a watch or something. And they ended up making out in her hotel room. And I just wanted to share that information. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He was also in an, one of his, I think maybe his first TV credit was the X-Files. So yeah. he could have had a whole supernatural 90s going. It was the time mm-hmm. to do it, honestly. It launched a lot of careers, yeah. the spooky TV. <laughs> spooky TV. <laughs> All right. I have one final test for you, Aaron. And this test is in regards to who almost played Aunt Zelda. Did the network seriously consider and try to get the series show creator to hire Cecily Tyson, icon extraordinaire, to play Aunt Zelda. <laughs> if it, <laughs> I'm having a hard time coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a lot it's to consider. Lot. It's a lot. I'm, unfortunately for me, when I heard mm-hmm. Cecily Tyson, all I can see this mm-hmm. magnificent woman, all I can see is her on a a porch doing a Tyler Perry monologue, which doesn't really translate. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? For the hell of it, I'm going to say yes. Let's say someone really went there. <laughs> they did. The network really wanted her. And I found this kind of amazing interview where the series creator Whoa. kind of like, not not that she wasn't happy with the final casting, but she was like, the tone of this interview is I regret my own closed mindedness because she said the network was really excited about this idea, but they were about to offer Caroline Ray Hilda. They like they they came they found Caroline Ray first. Oh, we know we got right. And she in her head said, well, then they can't play sisters. Right. And she was like, they don't look like sisters. And she was like, now in 2022, like she was like, I look back and I realize how limited my like frame of reference was and how stupid it was she was like i regret that i did not believe in the world of magic we had to at least see where it could have gone right she was like the fact that my imagination like the vibe that i took from it was like she was like i i regret that like my own imagination said that there were these rules in a world built on magic that like why why do we do that and this to me is another one where like i went down a rabbit hole for so long Because, like, what if, like, not only what if, not only what would it have meant to Sabrina, but, like, could we have, like, advanced equality and, like, representation on television by, like, 20 years if this had happened? I don't know. I'm in this whole, We wouldn't have had a haphazard, charmed reboot that tried to do the same thing. Cicely would have handled it 20 years ago. She would have handled it. Like, what? I mean, did Cicely have, like, an overall deal with ABC or something that they were... Like, why would they even think she would do it? Wild, wild shot in the dark. There is no... There's nothing to tell me 
if Cecily even knows that this was a discussion, she may have. I have no way of knowing where this got in the pipeline. But now that I know that there was a conversation going on about this possibility, because I'm assuming it was like, we're not going to make her audition. We're just going to offer it to her. Like, <laughs> can you imagine? You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine? Like, it, so she had said, Cecily yeah, like, Tyson's lost Sabrina audition. If someone doesn't do that for their SNL submission, I don't know. I was just going to say that has to be. <laughs> Someone's SNL audition. Please, someone listening, get to work. And if you don't, I will. <laughs> please, Aaron. Please, Aaron, do it. Because I literally, I will not know peace now that I know I could have lived in a world where she was my Aunt Zelda. That's all. And I we have say. to hope she knew before she passed away. Someone told her, please, so yeah. she could laugh. Oh, my God. Anyways, Aaron, thank you so much for playing Witch Witch Almost Witched. You're clearly one of the world's leading experts on Sabrina, the way in which you showed your work and your process, inspiring. Absolutely. Temple uh, for all future guests. Too. What a joy. <laughs> well, and that is, those are the best students, right? The students who show up and do the work, but find the joy in what they didn't know. Wow. Aspirational. Erin wow. is her aspirational. We're going to take a quick break because I, I I realize it's probably getting uncomfortable for listeners, but I'm not done praising Aaron. So we're going to take a few minutes <laughs> off mic for me to continue and we'll be back once it's out of my system. Thank you so much. All right, we're back, and shockingly, Aaron has agreed to stay. <laughs> I apologize if things got a little too familiar. I didn't mean to cry for twenty minutes, but I just see something so special in you. It it's was a light, good, though. It's a really it was good, good light. Such an honor. <laughs> I feel healed, therapeutic. Speaking of healing, yeah. Caitlin, I'm not quite sure where your thesis is going today, but when I saw the notes, I felt a sense of joy that I haven't felt in a long time. And I'm really excited to go on this journey. Wow. Okay. My my thesis for today is that Sabrina the Teenage Witch was a capstone for youth for mm -hmm. a certain generation, us. It really <laughs> summarized, like it took all the best parts of the childhood that we had and it kind of said goodbye to them in a way. Ooh. And it also, I think the fact that it started on TGIF and went to WB is like, wow, that summarizes it. That's the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, that's growing up. Mm -hmm. And we already knew Melissa Joan Hart. First of all, just Melissa Joan Hart being involved at all in anything. Yeah. She was Clarissa. We already knew her. We already like, we're with you on whatever you're going to do, gal. And actually, there are so few actresses that you are like, you could call her Clarissa or Sabrina and people know who you mean. Mm -hmm. She is two mm -hmm. titular roles. Icon. But they really drew on even like the 80s where mm -hmm. they when they brought in uh, David Lasher to play mm -hmm. Josh was if you if you were, you know, a real Nick head, you knew him from Ted on Hey, hey dude. dude, he to me bringing in Josh as a romantic rival to Harvey was mm -hmm. akin to sex in the city when mm. she moves to paris like that was like this level of he has a rival now like watch out mm -hmm. and i was just like because we knew we knew the power mm -hmm. of ted the fact that they bring in solil moon fry in the la later season punky brewster icon mm -hmm. that is the 80s but it was also a bridge because here's the thing unlike a lot of tgif shows that just sort of existed in this vacuum like they took place 
just on that soundstage. They didn't really talk about the world. But Sabrina was like a big fan of No Doubt. She loved Britney Spears. Britney Spears was on the show. The guest stars were very moving into aughts pop culture. We had Mm -hmm. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. The power to have Mm -hmm. both. Can you believe? RuPaul. Mm -hmm. Brings us to the current. (laughs) It's, It's ushering us forward. It's funny you bring up the coolest thing. I had forgotten Josh and Josh, mm-hmm. but their their dads are the same dad, too. Sabrina yeah. and Cher's dad is the same. Yeah, and... Really? Yes, there's two two dads on Clueless, mm-hmm. and it's the second dad. The main one. Well, and, and Morgan, who plays Sabrina's RA on the later seasons, she was in Clueless, too. She played the red. Yes, one. yes. Yeah. She was in the movie yeah. and the show. Wow. And the TV show. Yeah. Yes. She's... She's the Monet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's a full on <laughs> Monet. Wow. And interestingly, Clueless also started on ABC and then went to UPN, but they'd be together again on the CW. Wow. This is beautiful. This is actually mm-hmm. even more right than I thought I was. Any connection. And it also, I think, tonally, like this is the first sitcom we've talked about in their WB Madness, mm-hmm. but it had a little, like it, it put its toe in like, not teen drama per se, but like it had chips. It had mm-hmm. things like that you cared about. Um, so yeah, I feel like this is the show that kind of the millennials grew up. It is definitely a time capsule show. Yes. Like, I think you're right. Like, I, it, there was something about the producing of Sabrina that like every, it was always integrating like, I don't know, like the fashion is just a little bit different, yeah. but it feels like fashion you could actually see at your school. Like we talked about this at the beginning of WB Madness with One Tree Hill, where like those actors were sort of dressing more like characters you could know. But like in a similar way, Sabrina was too. It was like, nope, I don't know. There was just something about everything that made you feel like you had to go to the mall and buy everything <laughs> you saw on the show. Right. Yeah. It really starts with like a costume change, <laughs> a montage. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> yes. And so it's, yeah, you brought up like the aspirational idea. Britney Spears was on the show. And I've mm-hmm. talked about previously the movie Drive Me Crazy, how mm-hmm. when Melissa Joan Hart went to the premiere of Drive Me Crazy, she cried because she thought everyone wanted Britney's attention and not hers. And that, frankly, was probably true. It was, you know, it was sort of a changing of the guard of celebrity. They do have one of the most interesting celebrity f- friendship histories i i would love nothing more than for lifetime to do a britney and melissa friendship movie because bits and pieces of their story have been told over the years and one of my favorite i think this is in melissa's autobiography but she kind of as an adult has a lot of guilt from what i read whatever what i remember reading is there's a lot of guilt there because when Melissa and Brittany were sort of at the height of their friendship, Melissa had been in the industry longer and she was kind of like sowing her oats and like she hadn't quite become the grounded Christian mom who does Christmas movies that she is today yet. She was like doing ecstasy at the Playboy Mansion and stuff. Sure. But Brittany was like at the height of her fame, but like feeling a little trapped. So Melissa claims that she was who taught Britney like how to sneak into like clubs and stuff without paparazzi seeing her like she tells a story about like the first time Britney ever got brought through a back door and she goes it was the first but it wasn't the last and there's like a little bit of darkness and a little bit of a twinge of like 
I'm glad I helped her feel some freedom, but also, oh my God, did I unlock Pandora's box in, in some of the stuff I introduced her to. Hmm. And I would have to go back and reread it, but I've always wondered if it was partly because Melissa had that girl next door trust from people. Like, I'm like, oh, did Britney's team just go, oh, she's with Melissa, she'll be safe. And Melissa's like, haha, tricked ya. Or you know what I mean? Right. But I'm like fascinated by that friendship and I want all of the details and I want to live inside of a film that probably makes half of it up. Yeah, I didn't oh, know yeah. that their friendship went deeper than like what we saw. So now I'm very intrigued and I need that movie. And like, not that I'm messy. I'm just a little messy. I kind of want Ryan Murphy to get his hands on it. Maybe turn it into one of his few. Wow. I don't know if there was a few, but oh. we can now judge some stuff up. Wait, okay. Ryan Murphy is so messy, but if he did an, anth- an anthology show called like, like series that's just called Messy and it is just like all of those teen queens and stuff like that, like different yeah we could get an amanda Bynes anthology season um, are we pitching to ryan murphy <laughs> that sounds like it. constantly every day every day we'll get him on the horn famously he listens to all of our episodes and then takes about 10 percent of our ideas uh you know as he does but he puts them in a blender wow anyways evocative evocative sabrina the teenage witch as a time capsule is so true caitlin i thank you thank you I oh, also wanted to say that David Lasher was on episodes of Melissa and Joey, apparently. So mm-hmm. they're still friends. They, I think they've maintained like that's one of the fascinating things about Melissa Joan Hart to me is how many of her friendships have seemingly retained over the years. Because even the guy who plays her initial love interest in Drive Me Crazy, um, who's no longer in the industry and has not been for a long time. <laughs> I am one of like 700 people actually following this man on Instagram and we have had a few interactions. He seems very, um, there's, he's, there's not, it's not a full pack of crowns we're working with there. <laughs> um, but Melissa's still, she's, she's there. She's on the feed. She's wishing happy birthday. Like, you know, she's keeping up with people. And you know who her best friend is? Kelly Martin from Life Goes On. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. I, I have another game to play if you guys would like. Do it. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to watch Aaron Crush again. He's about to get another game. So I've heard Salem, the cat, called a gay icon, despite the fact he is a cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and a witch. And we don't know anything about his sexuality. But I was thinking some of his quotes remind me of another gay icon, director John Waters. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> The director of Hairspray, Crybaby, Best Friends with Divine. So this is this game is simply called Salem or John Waters. I'm going to read you a quote. You're going to tell me if the person who said it was Salem, the cat, or director John Waters. I'm very excited for this game. <laughs> I can't right. wait to watch you crush. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just like to hear myself talk. Hmm. Let's say Salem. It is Salem. Ding, 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 ding. Contemporary art hates you. Oh, that's John Waters. Yeah. Two for two. I respect everything I make fun of. Oh, uh, that feels like John Waters. It ding, is. Ding, ding, ding. But that one could so be both. Very easily. <laughs> if you misbehave for just one instant, I'll cut you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember Salem saying this, but I have an image in my head of it. <laughs> You are correct. Four for four. Yes. Okay. 
I always wanted to be a juvenile delinquent, but my parents wouldn't let me. Ooh. Uh, let's say John Waters. It is. Oh my gosh, you changed wow. it the last second and you got it right. Wow. When I'm upset, I eat. <laughs> uh, Salem. It is Salem. Someone's going to end up crying. Probably me. Salem. It is yes. Salem. <laughs> All right, two more. Obviously already getting an A. My hobby is extreme Catholic behavior before the Reformation. <laughs> John Waters. John yes. Waters. <laughs> And finally, ruining people's lives. It happens to me all the time. Salem. Yes! Perfect score! 100%. And putting this together really made me realize how much we need a Salem feature film directed by John Waters. (laughs) Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Honestly, a John Waters, Paul Feig collaboration on a Salem film? About his world domination? Could you... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I can. And it's really good. Actually, is a film enough or is this a series I need to see, but like on Hulu or something? Maybe a series of films. Yes. Nine lives. Oh my God. I love it. Oh my God. I'm so, sometimes the ideas that come out of this show are so good. I get so furious that I can't log off and watch them. <laughs> oh my God. This should be like a stylistic director takes each different film. <gasps> Okay. Nine different interpretations of the Salem story. Oh my, I've had that idea for like a Buffy story. Oh my God. <gasps> with you, like my idea that that just reminded me of. So like it's oh an anthology God. series called Slayer, mm-hmm. but every season is a different Slayer. <gasps> yes. Oh my God. Why haven't the they done The final that? season, which is an updated Buffy. I <gasps> need someone to do this. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Well, okay. That needs to happen. Wow. Wow. Okay. I have chills. I have chills. I have so many chills. Aaron, you're, you're an icon. You crushed it. The confidence, the, yeah. Also, all of these quotes would make great t-shirts. Oh my gosh, they would. (laughs) Especially someone's going to end up crying. Probably me. (laughs) Oh, that's exactly the one that I I can see in my head. And I'm already side chatting our friend of the show, Mike DeFrancisco, who's made so much great art for us. Uh, I think we're going to need to commission (laughs) one more piece. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break because uh, honestly, we got to jot down these ideas for all of these great TV shows so we don't forget them. But we'll be right back. Together. All right. We are back and anticipating, you know, as always on the show, a phone call from L.A. at any moment telling (laughs) us that they need us in Hollywood immediately to begin production. But until that phone call comes, I I don't want to take us to a dark place. And that's why I wanted to do my thesis last. Okay, because I love Sabrina. I love it. Oh, no. But I try to be authentic and I try to be honest and I try to stand in and speak my truth. And there is something that I had forgotten how angry I was about it and how much I hated it at the time. Oh, no. But I, as I told Caitlin, you know, this morning I woke up and for hours just binge watched WB only episodes because I realized I had been revisiting, but like, I went too far back. I went to ABC and I was like, it's Mm -hmm. WB madness. I got to revisit the WB years. And I realized I had been avoiding it because those years were hard for me. 
I didn't have the same love for the WB years as I did for TGI Friday. And I do remember, actually, I can, I like, I, today I like opened up a box and I had a vivid memory of doing one of the most insane rants of my life to my parents after watching the WB episode for the first time and like losing my mind about how much I hated so many things that were going on. And like, you know, I think this may have been one of my first hate watches, to be honest. With wow. you all. I hung in there because I needed to. And I will say over time, I started to pick up the energy of the world and I got more into it. And I and at some point I stopped hating it. But my initial viewing of the WB years it was not with kind eyes. But of every choice they made, there is one choice that the WB years made above all others that to this day infuriates me. And it is that they had the audacity to lie to us in our youth. Oh, no. That student housing, that student housing could be a full on house with three undergrads and an RA. You are looking me in my eyes as I am a (laughs) child watching your art. And you are going to tell me, dear child, who is someday going to most likely apply to college, here's what your living situation could look like. Yeah. I am furious. And I, the, what? Now, I have to say, I was rewatching the pilot, and they do have one moment of reality where Sabrina suddenly is like, I'm not going to live with my aunts. I'm going to go in the dorms. And Josh goes, oh, what dorm did you get? She goes, oh, I haven't gotten one yet. He goes, oh, Sabrina you would have had to do that months ago. <laughs> and I was like, I loved that moment of reality. But then by the end of the episode, she has student housing. And some of you might be going, well, she's a witch. Nobody did a spell. And if they did, they didn't tell us about it. She just somehow got a full house. But in this full house, well, oh my God, I get like, I'm like shaking right now. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 you're, you're vibrating. In, you're processing. In, I don't understand the architecture of this house either because Sully Moon Fry and Sabrina Roxy was Sully's character's name, but Roxy sure. and Sabrina had to share a room. And yet their male roommate, again, riddle me this in the 90s, 2000s, what college dorm situation uh, or student housing was letting you live a threes company style situation? I, I, we weren't that woke yet, folks. No. We weren't that woke yet. But anyways, so they're sharing a room. Their male roommate, Miles, has his own room. And then inexplicably, their RA, Morgan, lives upstairs why how many rooms are in this house what is this house who purchased this house and how dare we call it student housing how dare you pretend an RA listen I I have been to a lot of schools in my life both as a student as a teacher I spend hours each week talking to the head of student life and student housing at various schools I work with and in my role as academic advisor this is just not realistic and Yes, I understand it was a sitcom and I understand that they weren't necessarily living in the reality that we all live in. But I have to say, people love to call out film and TV and pop culture for the unrealistic expectations Uh it places on us in terms of like romantic love. Right. Okay. You know, years ago, I had a a different podcast with uh, Aaron Triplett called Falling Over Trip and Brick, where we used to each week we would, you know, analyze various um, rom-coms and try to be like whatever. And yet. Why are we not talking about the unrealistic portrayal of student housing in film and TV? I think this is a really upsetting thing. And I think that, 
you know, housing and feeling safe in your housing is something I've struggled with for for many years. And I am really angry at the writers and creators of Sabrina for this. This This really struck a chord. I have never seen you get on such a soapbox in the 112 episodes or whatever of this podcast. And I've never felt like we, like, we... We were not welcome to speak there, Aaron, for a while. Like, for a while, we were just witnessing. I, like I had to listen. I needed to hear this. <laughs> and I you know what? I will say this in agreement with you. It's a re- Thank you. I did not understand the function of an RA as a result of this show. <laughs> I was I think very misled. I think it was really damaging. I really think it was a very damaging exploration of what it meant to be a college student and particularly what housing is and could and should look like. And I'm mad. I'm mad. This explains a lot though. I'm 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 understanding a lot about you, Lauren, now. Because you've had some housing oh, foibles okay. over the years. That's <laughs> what we'll call them. This was a, a real trigger. It makes sense. You, you just didn't. I never knew. I didn't know what rules to play by. Exactly. Know? Yeah. You you knew one thing was unrealistic, but you didn't know that like safety was realistic. <laughs> I didn't know you could be safe. I didn't know you could be safe. Let me ask you this. So, Aaron, um, what was your college life situation? What was your student housing? Ooh, my student housing. I lived in a mm-hmm. dorm with two other folks for two years um with a big old communal bathroom i went to mm-hmm. ucla and i stayed in like you know the cheap seats i stayed in the cheapest mm-hmm. dorm housing that i could and then my last two years i stayed in an apartment the my senior year i was next door neighbors with my then boyfriend now husband <laughs> mm. oh now in your apartment did you have an RA? Did I have an RA? <laughs> you, know, you know what? I, I've always had a, a roommate that kind of served that function. Always felt very mm. in charge. So officially, no. But maybe we're doing it wrong. Maybe in our apartments, we should be having RAs. Yeah, if that's an option, cool. But like in my experience, it's not been an option. I don't know. I mostly lived in like one room with like three other girls sharing. Like, you know what I mean? Like there wasn't a lot of space. There was a whole lot of sharing and nobody around to like scream to when there was jars of pasta sauce inexplicably broken (laughs) right behind your your bed. And you don't know who did it or how it got there. Oh, Who's eating pasta behind the bed out of the jar? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I will, you know, and this will this will be a real test to see which friends are really religiously listening to this podcast ah, or not. Yeah. But dear former roommates who were living with me my junior year, we love you. We love you. But you were both seniors, and you both left me behind on your graduation. You didn't. You didn't do your fair share of the cleaning. And while you guys were at graduation, I had to do the final clean. And the things I found in that dorm room, the things I had to clean up, the things I had to do so we would all get our deposit back. I don't think we've ever really talked about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, imagine if there was an RA desk right in the corner of that room that you could just go and leave a complaint for. Well, the thing is, is that like I did live in the dorms and I did have an RA, but my RA was scared of me because he did break my friend's heart, and so he never did a health and safety check. Oh, no. <laughs> You've been working overtime. What is this? 
he literally would knock on the door for health and safety checks. I'd be like, you want to? He's like, no, no, no. Um, you're good. And then he, and so we, that whole, my whole junior year, we didn't get a single health and safety because that particular RA was too scared. What, what is a health and safety check? So my school used to do health and safety checks. And what they were looking for was to make sure that you weren't like for fire hazards because there were certain mm-hmm. things yeah, that you weren't supposed I to think, have yeah so like looking for like open flames or looking for banned things the other thing that health and safety was looking for is we were technically our dormitory were dry campuses so they were also looking for evidence of like right drug and alcohol violations which if he had ever stepped into our dorm room he would have seen <laughs> copious amounts of drug and alcohol violations as well as fire hazards just everywhere like it but at some point, we were like, no one's ever going to check on us. And my room became the hell mouth, basically. Wow. stuff here. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It wow. It was, yeah. That's amazing. And I was a tour guide, and I did have to give tours of my room. And famously, my friend will still bring this up because she was apparently passed out in one of the beds, and I didn't even know it. And I was giving a tour and she was like the funniest thing i've ever heard in my entire 35 years on this planet is lauren brickman giving a tour in a dorm room talking about the rigorous like health and safety standards and practices meanwhile there were multiple passed out people and just like evidence of a hard wrong weekend she goes but everyone still i could tell believed everything lauren was saying. wow what an actor <laughs> so you know that's my power Anyways, um, wow, I feel completely unhinged. And thank you all for being here with me as uh, for this trauma. But you know what? This leads me to look up. Did Melissa Joan Hart go to college? Because it feels no. like, no. I mean, she shouldn't. But like, it feels like something she would do, you know? like. Well, I think because she chose to take on Sabrina when she was, I think it had she not taken Sabrina, I, it's my understanding she was going to quit and then go to school. But she took Sabrina, so she never went. If she does have any kind of degree or anything, it was not like the traditional I went and lived in a dorm path. Sure, sure. That is my um, understanding of her history. I hope it's, Correct me if I'm wrong. I hope she, if, if she magically has a degree, I hope it's in journalism because wow. we remember wow. the Clarissa Explains It Off mm-hmm. spinoff series where I believe she <gasps> moved to New York and she was like a journalist. Yes, that was... No, that was, it was supposed to be a series, but they never, I don't think it got greenlit. So you got like, I think there's like one episode that was like a special or something. Yeah. I don't think it ever got to be a full, se- I know what you're talking about. I have this image of her like on a subway in New yes. York. And like, I, I'm wondering and hoping that when she became a writer on Sabrina, they were trying to call back to mm-hmm. that. They're like, you can still have that <gasps> career, Clarissa. We're going to give the OG yes. fans what they want. <laughs> Wow. That is so true. Wait, I'm seeing something alarming. Oh, no. No. I'm seeing a possibility that she went to, that she did attend college, but I, I, I can't, I'm trying to find. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that she's a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh we, we all know that. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I was concerned with no, you didn't no, know that. Melissa Joan Hart is a Republican. Sabrina, on the other hand. Um, does not live in a realm where we have Republicans or Democrats, so thankfully we don't ever have to know what her political is. And Clarissa's was. like a huge leftist. Oh. I have oh to God. believe. She's like out there marching. She thinks like Clarissa is so far left, she thinks <laughs> Bernie's a Republican. Yeah. You know? Very yeah, she she wrote in Eugene Debs every time uh-huh. she's voted. Yeah. We'll not have it any other way. That is just absolutely true. If you own God. an alligator, you, you know, Mm-hmm. That just tells I, you. 
I am really hoping that the rumors are true that she is going to do a Clarissa reboot. I know it's been circling the drains for a long time, but I've heard that it's picking up steam again. But I have to wonder if the reason it's not been shot is because she's problematically Republican and Clarissa is not. Yeah, she probably would be requesting a lot of rewrites. <laughs> I have to wonder if that's what's holding us all back. Okay, so here's the weird thing. When you Google her, Melissa Joan Hart college degree, NYU comes up. But I can't find confirmation. I don't think she did go to college. Like, not four-year college. Yeah. It seems like maybe... I'm going to say maybe she took a couple classes and dropped out. I can't... Because it says this... uh, But here's the thing. Now we know because friend of the show, Jonathan Fernandez, famously... um, his age is incorrect on the internet and he That's famously true. has been having quite a journey trying to scrub it and get his real age out there. One of the f- saddest and funniest things I've ever heard. Oh, I, what I heard and I'm saying again on this podcast is that his real age is 48. Okay. <laughs> I love that you keep saying it. You are. I read it online. Wild. You <laughs> the internet wild. doesn't lie. <laughs> the internet doesn't lie. But I'm wondering if we're in a Jonathan Fernandez for, is 48 situation because it's on websites like <laughs> superstarbio.com. <laughs> It says no. college, New York University. Do you think she like took a workshop there? I bet she or? took a directing class. Oh, okay. definitely that. That's it. Wow. Melissa Joan Hart. That's a workshop. There needs to be a reality show about all the celebrities that moved to Nashville because they're Republicans. It's really <gasps> interesting. That's where she lives. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. So does Elizabeth Hasselbeck. So does Kathy Lee Gifford. You and they're what, not though? country musicians. <laughs> you know what, though? I want it to be a documentary, not a series. Like, I want, like, a 85-minute documentary called Where They Feel Safe or something dumb. <gasps> You're very good Where at this. Where They Feel Safe. You're very good at this. I hope you know that. <laughs> I want to watch that, and I just got a little sad that Where They Feel Safe isn't going to be on my Netflix when we finish <laughs> <laughs> oh imagine imagine because i also feel like if it was like a one and done doc you could probably get them to be more truthful in their talking heads mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they won't have the opportunity to like watch their edit and go back and make changes like i want to see their exactly. truth you know i just remember something fun speaking of like schooling and stuff and militia john hart i just remembered i fun fact i worked at the same school as her sister but like <gasps> I missed her by a year. I missed the <sighs> wedding invite. I missed everything. Oh I have a sister who played cousin Amanda. I have another sister. Yeah, she has there's a lot like, of siblings. There's a big the Hart family is large. a lot of hearts. Wow, did you know a lot of people that got to go to the oh, wedding? So many people. Like they, <gasps> they would mention her all the time. So I, the time. I used to run an after school program and I believe mm-hmm. she worked for the program the year before I took it over. So like I heard <gasps> her name a lot and people would talk about her oh, a lot. Wow. Yeah, Miss Hart, Miss Hart, Miss Hart. And then they were talking about the wedding and the assistant principal out of nowhere was like, oh yeah, this is Melissa Joan Hart's sister. I said, shut your freaking mouth. No, it isn't. She's like, no, That's... yes, it is. She showed me is... freaking pictures from the wedding. <laughs> I'm deceased. Oh my god. I'm deceased. I know. It's just it is it's beautiful and painful when you know just how close you were. You know? That's wow. Wow. So close. (sighs) Well, Aaron, as as a huge Sabrina Stan, um, are there any 
was there anything that when we reached out and asked you to come on the show today, was there anything that you logged in today, like hoping you would get a chance to say any thoughts that you're carrying with you about Sabrina that we haven't gotten to touch on today? You know, just generally, I wish and hope for the future of magical TV shows that we can get something Mm -hmm. with so much joy and just Mm. hijinks. Magic in this show silly and it's what i love so much the first episode where she turns libby into a pineapple i mean are you kidding me what magical shows are doing things of that nature right now it's just i'm such a silly person and i was a really stupid silly kid and that show is just a mecca for me to go and get lost where anything goes just point my finger and pretend that little glitter sparklies were coming out and changing things i just love this show so much I, that is such a great point. At some point in the last couple, 10 years, maybe longer, like we stopped getting the fun, playful side of magic. You're so right. Like we, cause I feel like we grew up at a time where you could have the alpha, you could have the alphabet and the Galinda, right? Like you had the dark <laughs> and the light because we had the craft when you want it to be dark, but we also had Sabrina, which was light. We got the, and yeah, I can't think of any recent examples of like playing in the joy of magic. And that is such a bummer. I know. And this ushered in a whole era of TGIF that was like mm-hmm. magic themed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Teen, like the angel one. And mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and it, we got a lot of great content um, on the Disney channel too, because of this, like the, mm. the Mallory sisters had that great. Oh uh, yeah. Which, uh, Twitch, right? Twitch. Yes. Yeah. Oh there my was, God. Yeah, there were so many good, fun, playful, silly, like Halloween Town even was like playful, silly magic, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's so good, you know? And, you know, a lot of that could be actually be thanks to Hocus Pocus. So maybe, oh my God, maybe if we're going to have a full circle moment because Hocus Pocus, the sequel is finally coming out, maybe that will heal us in some way and usher in a new era. Of jolly magic. You know, because I'm with you. Like, I really liked Riverdale at first and I really liked Chilling Adventures of Sabrina at first, but it's so dark that I have a, I can't stay in it for that long. You know, like hard. it's hard. And like, like I, I don't like I checked in on Riverdale for the first time in a while and I was like, it doesn't feel fun anymore. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm doing work by watching this. And yeah, I just want to, I want to see people be turned into pineapples. Exactly. And then wow. turn, like, I love one of the biggest things. Oh, her mother, her mother cannot see mm. her or she turns into a ball of wax. Of wax. Her mother came to her wedding as a ball of wax. (laughs) Like, there's just Mm -hmm. so much fun, stupid stuff that you get to do in a show like this. And I miss that. Oh, my God. I was watching an episode, like, I think three of season five. It's it's one of those early WB episodes. Uh, When she goes to college, Hilda's trying to figure out how to, like, fill her space. So she's, like, dating again. And the guy who played Sheffield from The Nanny plays a soap star from the other realm. And he's just obsessed with his own reflection. And so he, like, wants to go to, like the fun house so he can look at himself in the mirrors and it is so goofy and so silly and they did shit like that all the time like they would have these like amazing guest stars who were just nobody was saying no in that writer's room no like the guest stars of that show bar none so good do you have a favorite the one that like sticks out to you I mean, it has to be RuPaul it it just it has to be RuPaul and I love it because it was not strange or weird to see Mm -hmm. this grown man transform into this 
No. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't make it about gender. We didn't make it about like sexuality. It was just magic and drag is magic and like you know, it is. our gender is magic and you know how we present is magic and to just have it be presented as that with no questions was so much fun yeah you know that's so interesting that you say that because you know it wasn't long after like watching that episode that i had an opportunity to like see drag performed live for the first time like and you're so right like i wonder I'm sure that had such an influence on that, like how I was able to like engage with that world and that culture. Cause I, it was, so, I was introduced to me so positively, so joyfully and so unquestioningly. I never thought about that before. That's cool. Wasn't a joke That's either. so cool. And like, no part of the council. So it was like, Oh, this person has power here. So totally. That's so, I had never thought about that. I became obsessed with RuPaul, like obsessed mm-hmm. with, I loved RuPaul in a way that like you were helping me i had not put the pieces together i was like oh yeah duh sabrina sabrina is was i was like i'd forgotten that that's probably i think that was probably where i first learned about rupaul for sure like i i i was already a rupaul fan before that because he was like the queen he was around yeah 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 every film but on sabrina when it was up was when i said wow drag is magic like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sabrina, who knew? You know? Wow, wow, who wow. Knew? Well, Aaron, if if our Stan Stans want to get in touch with your magic, how can they do that? If you want to get in touch with all this black magic, you can find me <laughs> on Instagram at a Porsche, A-P-O-R-C-H-I-A, or on Twitter at Porsche, P-O-R-C-H-I-A. Nice. Ooh. Oh, we love it. Oh, it was such a delight. I feel like this first date went really well. Yes. I mean, Stan Sands, you 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 drove WB Madness. You demanded a Sabrina app. You got Aaron in our life. You're so magical. Thank you for listening. You can mm-hmm. always find us at We Stand Social across all the things. Mm-hmm. And l- let us know. I mean, we're probably wrapping up WB Madness. So if you haven't heard something yet, scream and shout at us. And if you have ideas for other uh, special jaunts into niche corners of pop culture let us know and as always if you or someone you are close to has a way for me to get in touch with joshua jackson and jody (laughs) turner smith why are you keeping that from me obviously i was traumatized by college (laughs) student housing so like i've got some stuff to work through and that would do a lot this actually finally makes sense they could be your ras yeah two ras for one 30 something woman yeah I, res- I respect you for not actually using my full age. That was kind. You know, it's a genre. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. going to be in my 30s for 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Well, Stan Stans, um, I think I probably... We should end it here before I reveal anything else that could be Correct. used in a court of law. So we got to go. Thank you to Aaron. Thank you to the listeners. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.